Ethel Barrymore, Girl Actress, by Shirley Petkin Newman, illustrated by Al Fiorentino. Chapter 5. Boston The next afternoon, the train pulled into Boston, the first city on the tour. Abel was much better, so Mr. Barrymore left him in the care of the doorman at the theater. The hotel doesn't allow animals, Papa explained as they entered the lobby. How splendid the hotel was, Ethel thought. Huge mirrors on the wall reflected elegant ladies with parasols and dapper gentlemen with walking sticks. A big chandelier hung down from the ceiling, and long glass crystals tinkled like the high notes on a piano. Ah, Mr. Barrymore! A tall man rushed out from behind the desk and shook Papa's hand. I'm Mr. Hendricks, the manager. It's an honor to have you with us, sir. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Mr. Hendricks clapped, and a boy in a red uniform appeared. Take Mr. Barrymore's luggage up to suite 218, Mr. Hendricks ordered. Check to see that everything is in order. Yes, sir. The children were amazed when the boy piled all the suitcases into his arms. This way to the elevator, please. Ethel and Lionel giggled with excitement. They'd never been in an elevator. The boy led the way to a big square gate with a kind of clock over it. The hand on the clock moved slowly. Five, four, three, two. The gate opened, and some people piled out. Going up, said the elevator man. The Barrymores moved inside. The elevator man pulled the rope. They started upward. Ooh, it feels funny, Ethel squealed, holding her stomach and laughing. Come see me later, children, said the elevator man. I'll ride you all the way up to the top. The elevator stopped, and the boy in uniform led the way down a long hallway to a door which was marked to 18. Stepping inside the room, he set down the luggage. Then he rushed about, opening windows and moving window shades. Where will Lionel and I sleep, Mama? Ethel asked. Mama opened a door leading to another room, and the children rushed in. Oh, it's so pretty! Ethel clapped her hands with delight when she saw the pink flowers on the dresser and the lace spreads on the beds. Then she ran to the window. We're so high up, she cried. Look, there's a park across the street. She looked down at children feeding birds and ladies pushing baby carriages. May we go out and play there? Not now, dear, said Mama. May we go tomorrow? Ethel asked. Maybe, if you get up early enough. Papa and I must be at rehearsal at eleven. Why? asked Lionel. Don't you know your parts in the play yet? Of course we do, said Papa. Yet one more rehearsal never hurt any actor, not even a Barrymore. He grinned at the children. The next morning, when Ethel awoke, Lionel was still asleep. She lay quietly a moment, listening to the rumble of a horse-drawn trolley in the street below. Being away from home was lots of fun, she thought. Even the sounds in Boston were different. Just then, Lionel bounced out of bed. Yippee! he cried, tossing his nightcap. 
We're on tour. We're in a hotel. Shh, you'll wake everybody up. Ethel swung her legs over the side of the bed, tiptoed across the floor, and opened the door to her parents' room. She expected to find them sound asleep. Instead, they were awake and dressed. Ah, said Papa, using the tone of voice he sometimes used on the stage. Our children have awakened, Mrs. Barrymore. Shall we have a royal breakfast and take them to yonder park? He waved his long arms toward the window. Oh, Papa, you're so funny, Ethel laughed. Thank you, Miss Barrymore. Papa clicked his heels, bowed, and kissed the back of her hand. Every actor likes a good audience, and you're the best audience an actor ever had. Thank you, Mr. Barrymore, Ethel replied, imitating Papa's voice. You're the nicest Papa a girl ever had. An hour later, the children followed Mama and Papa down a winding path into the park. Oh, it's nice to be here, Ethel said, taking a hop and skip along the walk. Indeed it is. Papa raised his head and breathed deeply. All at once, there was a flapping of wings. A flock of pigeons swooped down and started to peck at the ground. Ah, pigeons, said Papa. They are such noble birds. Can you imagine? Some pigeons fly thousands of miles to deliver a message. How do they know where to go? Lionel asked. Oh, pigeons know, Papa winked. He handed each of the children a coin and pointed at a peanut wagon on the other side of the park. Go buy some peanuts to feed the pigeons empty stomachs, he suggested. All right. The children joined hands, ran down the path, and bought bags of peanuts from a funny old man with a droopy mustache. Mm, they're still warm, said Lionel. Crunch. He cracked a shell with his teeth. No fair, Ethel laughed. They're supposed to be for the pigeons. Look, they followed us here. Coo, 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 coo. The pigeons scurried about, gobbling nuts as fast as the children could crack them. Whoosh! A pure white pigeon landed on Lionel's shoulder. Zow! He's as tame as my mice! He exclaimed, patting the pigeon on the neck. Look how big he is! I bet he could fly a thousand miles, even as far as Philadelphia. Pooh, Ethel scoffed, stuffing the rest of the peanuts into her pocket. He wouldn't know the way to Philadelphia. Sure he would. Didn't Papa say so? Lionel's eyes twinkled. Say, I've got an idea. Let's write a letter and tie it to the pigeon's leg. Maybe he'll take it to Mumum. How can we? We haven't got pencil and paper. Besides, we can only write our names. There's a lot of pencils and paper on the desk in our room. If Mumum sees our names, she'll know the letters from us. They don't allow animals in the hotel, Ethel declared. Remember, that's why Papa left Abel at the theater. Animals aren't the same as birds, silly. Before Ethel could say another word, Lionel tucked the pigeon inside his coat. At that moment... Mr. and Mrs. Barrymore came strolling up the path. Time to go now, said Mama. Papa and I must leave for rehearsal. Why are you holding your coat like that, Lionel? Have you lost a button? Lionel's face turned red. Uh, er, no, it, uh, it's all right. Well, never mind. I'll tend to it later. 
Look, see the policeman there? The children nodded. He'll take you across the street. We'll watch from here. Go right into the hotel and ask the man at the desk for your key. Then take the elevator upstairs. We've arranged for one of the maids to stay with you until we get back. She's waiting in your room. All right. The children crossed the street with the policeman. Then they scooted past the doorman into the hotel. Once inside, Ethel grabbed Lionel's hand. Don't run, she whispered. Someone might guess. Lionel slowed his pace, and they walked to the desk. May I have the key to our room, please? Ethel said in a grown-up voice. Yes, madame. Mr. Hendricks turned and poked his fingers into a compartment in the wall. That's odd, he murmured. The key's not here. Now where did I put it? Oh yes, there it is, in the wrong pigeonhole. He reached into another compartment and took out a key. So that was a pigeonhole. Ethel whirled around so Mr. Hendricks couldn't see her laugh. Just then, Lionel pulled her behind a big plant. Look who's coming, he whispered. It's Madame Ojeska. She mustn't see us. It was too late. Madame had already seen them. She was hurrying across the crowded lobby. Ethel, Lionel, are you having a good time? Did your dear mama and papa leave for the theater yet? Yes, a little while ago. Oh, I shall be late. Madame started to walk away. Then she turned and opened her big red handbag. Gracious, she said, peering inside. I've forgotten my script. I'll have to go up and get it. Come along, dear children. We'll ride up together. She motioned for Ethel and Lionel to follow her to the elevator. Be careful, Ethel whispered. Don't let her see the pigeon. Madam looked back. Did you children say something? No, ma'am. Oh, well, hurry along then. Now Madame Majeska and the children joined the crowd waiting for the elevator. The gate opened. Some people got out. Step back in the car, please, said the elevator man. Be careful, Ethel whispered as she and Lionel stepped inside. Bird will get crushed. Lionel took off his cap and clapped it over his chest. Such a nice, polite boy, said Madame. Ethel had all she could do to keep a straight face. The elevator man closed the gate, pulled on the rope. The car started upward. Coo! Coo! A muffled sound came from under Lionel's cap. What was that? asked a fat woman with a bonnet tied under her chin. It sounded like... She shook her head. It couldn't be. I must be hearing things. Coo! Coo! This time, the sound was a little louder. The elevator man stopped the car and turned around. Is there some kind of animal in here? He asked, looking straight at Lionel. No, sir, Lionel replied. No, sir, there isn't any kind of animal in here. There's just a bird. Lionel, Madame Majeska cried. The very idea of your bringing a bird into the hotel. We're only going to keep it a little while, Ethel blurted out. He's going to take a letter to our grandmother. The elevator man smiled a little. 
I'm afraid we can't have pigeons in the hotel for even a little while, he said. I'll take you back down to the lobby so you can let him out the front door. The elevator started down. Whoosh! There was a flash of white. Something brushed Ethel's cheek. The pigeon had escaped from Lionel's cap. Eek! The woman with the bonnet ducked under the bench in the back of the elevator. Gracious! Madame Mojeska pulled her hat down over her face. Open the gate, shouted a man. Let that pigeon out of here. The elevator stopped. The gate opened. The pigeon flew out to the lobby. Up, up it went to the chandelier in the middle of the ceiling, and there it perched. Lionel, Madame Majeska said in a stern voice, catch that bird and take him out of this hotel immediately. Lionel moved to the middle of the lobby, and Ethel followed. Here, birdie, Lionel called. Come down, birdie. The pigeon cocked his head to one side, fluttered his wings, and stayed where he was. Ethel plunged her hand into her coat pocket, pulled out a peanut, and handed it to Lionel. Here, birdie, come get it, Lionel called, holding the nut in the air. Phew! The pigeon flew down and landed on his shoulder. Tucking the bird inside his pocket, he hurried to the door and let it fly away. Madame Mojeska came through the laughing crowd. Come see me later, children, she said, straightening her hat. I'll help you write a letter to your grandmother. We'll put it in an envelope, put on a stamp, and take it to the post office. She smiled. Now isn't that easier than sending it by pigeon? Ethel and Lionel looked at each other understandingly and grinned. Yes, Lionel admitted, it's easier, but it isn't half as much fun.